Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Millennial Business Podcast, where we source the top thought leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world to teach millennials how to live, lead, create, and earn like the most successful men and women in all industries. This is the advice you wish they taught you in school. So sit back, grab your pen and paper, and make sure you are ready, because this is a podcast by a millennial for the millennials that is going to change your life. Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Business Podcast. I'm so excited to be joined today by the beautiful Steph Taylor, who I have been following along on Instagram for a few years now. Steph, I didn't tell this to you before we started, but I've been following your journey. I've seen how much you've grown and how much your business and brand has grown over the past few years. It's absolutely amazing. So I'm so excited. Thank you for joining me. No, thank you so much for having me and thank you for the kind words. (laughs) You're welcome. Now, just to start off with, in the online world people think if they start their own business and they start with one thing that's what they have to do and they're stuck with that yeah and (laughs) and it's I say to people all the time it's okay to pivot it's okay to change what you want to do and change your mind to do something completely different it doesn't even have to be related at all to what you were doing before but people just get so hung up on sort of, I guess, the fear of judgment or what people will think if they do change what they're doing. Did you experience that or was it Oh, just hell yes. yes. <laughs> hell yes. Like my first business, I hung on to that for about six months longer than I should have. And it wasn't until I took a holiday. I went skiing in Japan for two weeks And while I was over there, the whole, the only thing I could think about was like, there's going to be people ordering products and I'm not there to ship them to them. And it was just this big stress in my, in my life. And it wasn't giving me the income I wanted. It wasn't giving me the freedom that I'd quit corporate life for. And it just got to the point where I was like, why am I even doing this? And I realized it was because I was worried people would think I was a quitter because so many people had said to me when I left my corporate job, like my parents included, they were like, you're never going to find an income like you're making from your corporate job with your little business. So I felt like I had something to prove and it, there was a lot of fear of judgment, but I think in the end, people actually judged me less than I judged myself. Yeah, I agree. I think the funny thing is with your mind, when you think oh, this person's going to think badly of me or, oh my God, these people are probably thinking this about me. You have no idea what those people are thinking. And that's (laughs) a reflection of what you're thinking about yourself in your own head, because you're not going to talk to all your Instagram followers. You're not going to talk to every possible friend that you have on Facebook or whatever it is to see what they think about you pivoting. Exactly. It's all in your own head. You make it up in your own head. It's crazy. Exactly. And I actually think pivoting is a good thing. I think it's something that people need to do more of, especially, you know, like this year, we've seen a lot of people who've had to pivot and the people who've pivoted have been the most successful rather than the ones who just sat there holding on to what they can. I think we need to encourage people to pivot. Like yesterday I was doing an Instagram live and somebody asked me, they said, if you were to start your business again from day one, what, what would you do or where would you start? And I said, I would start exactly where I did with that very first business because everything that I've done, every pivot I've made, every lesson I've learned the hard way, that's all led to where my business is today. And I don't think I could have got to where I am today without the four years of stuff ups. 
yeah, exactly. <laughs> nearly five years. God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was talking to a, a coaching client this morning and we were chatting about how much business forces you to grow as a person because oh, when yes. you have your own job, um, when you have a job, sorry, it's the boss is taking all the risks. The boss is making all of the decisions. You just get to go to work do your work every day and then go home and switch off and not think about it. Whereas when you have your own business, you're constantly forced to be pushed outside of your comfort zone, to take big risks, to do things that are scary, to learn new skills, to do things that you've never done before. Um, And it just helps you to grow so much as a person. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. What was the, in terms of the mindset shift um, that had to happen for you when you were pivoting? Because I imagine when you've gone from having a team to then working by yourself and trying to build this business by yourself, what did that mindset shift look like for you? That was, oh, that was a really interesting question. So I guess the first part of that was getting used to not having as much income coming in and then like having to cut costs accordingly. That was a really big one. Having to get really creative, let's put it that way. So for example, like I'd had consistent retainer clients for the last, for the year before I pivoted and niched down and suddenly I'd fired all of my clients with the intention of focusing all of my energy into selling my online courses. Mm. And suddenly I was in this point where I was like, oh, there's no cash in the bank. Like how can I get creative and get cash in? So it was forcing me to start doing little mini launches of products I already had. So I guess it like, it pushed me out of my comfort zone that way. I wouldn't have otherwise had to get creative and do and push myself out of my comfort zone. Again, like getting over that fear of judgment. I didn't want people to think, you know, oh, there she goes changing her mind again. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yet another business that she's, you know, closing down and starting a new one. That was a huge fear. And in hindsight, I realized I was the one who was more concerned about it than they were. And it's still a fear that I have now. I'm like, every time that I think about making a big investment or like some kind of commitment in my business, even prepaying some expenses for 12 months in my mind, I'm like, am I going to change my mind again? Am I going to decide I want a different business? Because that's just what I believe about myself. So I think other people think it about me. Yeah. I think it's, it's really hard when you're an entrepreneur and you have that mindset where you're constantly coming up with ideas and new projects and like all of these passion projects that you want to work on even like myself and my business partner at the moment we're in the process of creating online courses for ourselves and we're about to launch in the next few weeks and already we're like oh and our next thing could be this and we could run a group coaching program and we could do this course and okay let's start making all of the documents and the pdfs and we're like no, we need to finish this one thing first. Yeah, that's, it's like the blessing and the curse being an entrepreneur though. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's so funny. I would love to sort of speak or get to you to speak about now. You mentioned being a specialist versus being a generalist. And I think yes. that's really when a lot of people are starting out in business, they want to help everyone, right? They want to be making money from everyone. They want to be <laughs> doing everything so that they can get the most money. But In reality, you need to niche down and you need to become a specialist because that is how you get known. What what difference or did you see that it made a difference to your business once you actually started marketing yourself as a launch specialist? Oh, hell yeah, definitely. Um, I kind of went from people wondering what I did 
to being like, oh, this is what she does. It, it, and this is how I tell people, this is what I tell people the point of niching is you want people to go from being like, oh, is this right for me? Is this service or this product, is this right for me? You want them to be like, oh, this was made for me. This is exactly what I need. So it took me from being like this vague person to, you know, people suddenly being like, oh, I get what she does. Okay. She's not like the person who's average at Facebook ads and Instagram marketing and email marketing. She's the person who's really good at launch strategy and launch marketing. Yeah. Amazing. And when you, when you decided to sort of go down that launch path in terms of becoming known for, I guess, becoming the launch queen, um, did you have to do a whole bunch of market research to sort of figure out what your audience wanted, what their pain points were, or did you already have a rough idea? Like what did that transition look like for you? Yeah, I already had a rough idea because yeah. it was something I'd gone through many times. I'd seen a lot of my friends going through it, but I did survey my audience at the end of last year yeah. and it was kind of funny. Like I put together a survey, I sent it to my email list and I told everyone they would get a little surprise in the mail if they answered it, not expecting like a hundred people to answer it <laughs> and not just a hundred people, but a hundred people from all over the world. So I was like, <laughs> Oh crap. Like I can't send people around the world, little parcels in the mail at Christmas time. Like a, it's not going to get there before Christmas and B like, it's going to cost me a fortune in postage. So I ended up just doing like a $5 donation for everyone and sending them a postcard. But, um, it was so, it was worth every cent because the info that I got out of that survey, there were a lot of things that I hadn't thought about. And it made me realize that there was a big disconnect between what I knew as launching and what they knew as launching. So for me, launching is once you've actually created the physical product, it's that process of build like the pre-launch, building up the hype, getting people to know you as the authority, getting them to connect with you and to start to trust you, you know, having the doors open, doors closed. That's a launch to me. To, to a lot of them, they thought that launching was the actual process of creating the product. So I realized that there was a whole step of education that I needed to do in there and that I needed to create a product to fill that gap in the middle so that when I launched my signature course about launching, they would have a product ready to launch. Got it. I love that. Yeah. It's, I think it's so important to do market research, especially oh, if yeah. you are pivoting or starting out or whatever it is, because you don't know what your audience thinks. You don't know the words that they say things in. You might have a general idea of what they think, but they say it in completely different words to how you would say it. So you need yeah. to do the market research so that your copy on your website or your freebies or whatever you're creating actually resonates with them and that you're speaking their language essentially. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think it's not just something to do at the start. I'm like, I'm probably going to end up doing it every year now. Just yeah. to see like as my audience changes over time as well, as they start to grow, yeah. their problems are going to change, their needs are going to change and that can then give me ideas for future products as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, and they'll be learning and growing from the products that they're buying, mm. from you. like from the online courses or whatever programs they're taking from you, they'll be yeah. growing from that as well. Now, I know that you have a very secret sauce for your launch formula <laughs> or your your 6p uh launch formula or your process mm -hmm. um which is sort of your signature framework would it be okay for you to share your framework <laughs> with the audience today 
Sure. I mean, it's a very high level framework. Yeah. Basically the six P's, people, position, plan, promote, push, and post-launch. So people is where I always suggest you start. That is, you know, doing your audience research, figuring out who is that person that you're marketing your launch to? What are their problems? What's the ideal outcome for them? What kind of language are they using? Then once you know who that is, then you go and look at positioning the thing that you're launching. So how are you pricing it? How are you packaging it up? What bonuses are you including? Um, Do you have like a refund policy, payment plans, anything like that counts as your overall like offer positioning. Then you go into planning. So this is then where you start planning out your pre-launch content. You start planning this is what I'm going to do to launch it. So it might be a webinar, might be a challenge, uh, might be a video series, everything that's happening in those 60 to 90 days leading up to doors actually opening. Then you promote it. So that's when you get out there and you start telling everyone about your pre-launch content, about your webinar, about your freebies, whatever it is that you're offering, you're getting out there and you are just putting it everywhere intentionally, not like just spraying it everywhere, but you're trying to get it out there. Then you've got the push period, which is when doors are open. So that's usually like anywhere between four days and two weeks. And this is, this part is really mindset heavy because it's very easy to be like, oh, nobody bought on day one. My launch is a failure. Never mind the fact that you still have 13 more days until doors close and people like to sit on the fence for as long as possible. So it can be a really, really testing time. And it's so important to, you know, not let that fear get to you, not to self-sabotage. If you can schedule everything ahead of time, then that's a really good way to not let the fear ruin your launch. And then the last P is post-launch. So this is the most important part. And I think too many people skip over it. It's looking back at everything that you put out there in the lead up to your launch. It's looking at all of your launch numbers. It's looking at, okay, this is how many people visited my webinar registration page. This is how many people signed up for my webinar. This is how many people attended live. This is how many purchased. And just looking at those numbers and thinking, okay, so where were people dropping off? How can I improve it next time? Normally somebody would just launch and they'll be like, oh yeah, that launch was good or that launch was bad. And they won't look at it objectively. They'll just go on how they feel that the launch went. You know, like they might, five people might've signed up, might've purchased and they'll be like, oh, it was bad. Only five people signed up. But that doesn't mean anything. Like if they had, you know, only 10 people who attended the webinar and five people signed up, that's amazing. Yeah. If they had, you know, a thousand people who attended the webinar and five signed up, that's terrible. Mm. but they're just going based on what they feel. So yeah, post-launch is super important. And that's the six Ps. Amazing. I love that. I'm very curious for your online courses that you have, because you mentioned that you have a few, do you run them on like evergreen with Facebook ads and and pre-recorded webinars and stuff like that? Or do you do launches for your online courses throughout the year? So I... At the start of the year, I actually retired four of my online courses. So I only have one at the moment. (laughs) Um, The one that I do have is on an evergreen basis. It is pre-recorded and everything, but I'm launching another one in November and that's going to be a live launch. And I don't intend to put that one on evergreen. I I intend to keep it two live launches a year just because, you know, some courses run really well without the community element. Mm. Others need to have that container of, you know, eight weeks or 12 weeks where everyone's working on the same thing at the same time. 
what would be the deciding factor for some, if someone's about to launch an online course mm-hmm. or they've created a product or whatever it is and they're thinking, oh, should I launch this and have like an open cut and a closed cut date or should I put this on evergreen? Is there any way that is good to decide? Is it just sort of a community aspect or is there another aspect that you look for? What do you think? Um, I would always do the first couple live because you get so much good feedback doing it live and especially with live webinars when you're sitting there in the Q&A at the end, the questions that people ask are usually hesitations that they have to buying and then you can address those hesitations live and then you can convert people that you wouldn't have otherwise converted. Mm -hmm. And then when you you keep track of all those hesitations over time, you realize, oh, there's some patterns here. Like, everyone's concerned that it's going to take them too much time or everyone's concerned that the live lessons aren't going to be in their time zone or whatever. Mm. And then you can start to address those things in the sales copy. You can address them in a pre-recorded webinar. So you really get so much insight by doing it live. And even, even the teaching part of an online course, a lot of people stress, they're like, oh, I need to have the whole course recorded before I launch it. And it's like, well, actually, no, you can teach it live via Zoom. Everyone loves Zoom these days. Like we're so used to it. You can teach it week by week and tailor the content as you go, depending on where people are getting stuck, what they need more help with. Because the first time you teach something, you don't really know where everyone's going to get stuck. I love that. Awesome. Thank you. I feel like that was such a jam-packed <laughs> episode. We were coming up to half an hour, which is fantastic. Yay. Now, if people are curious to learn more about you or your online course that you have, where can they find you online? Yeah. So my one and only online course currently is the A to Z podcast launch plan. So that helps people to launch a podcast. You can find that and my free podcasting masterclass over on my website, which is stephtaylor.co. You can find my podcast. It's called Socialette. It's a bite-sized podcast on launching and marketing. It's in all of the major podcast apps and you can connect with me over on Instagram. I'm stephtaylor.co over there. Thank you. And what's your, I'm curious, what is your course that you're launching in November? Are we allowed to know? Yeah, it's my, it's my signature launching course. Ooh. Yes. All right, guys, follow Steph on Instagram to stay updated for her launching course or go check out her current course that she has. Check out her social podcast. Um, Steph, thank you so much for joining me on the episode today. You provided so much value. I feel like the audience is going to be furiously taking notes. (laughs) Need to re-listen to the podcast so that they can write everything down, all of the great strategies and value that you gave. So thank you for coming on the show. No, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. All right, guys, until the next episode, bye. Want even more amazing content to listen to or watch? Head over to my Instagram at Taylor Victoria. That's T-A-Y-L-O-R dot V-I-C-T-O-R-I-A-A, where you will get so much more epic content. Plus, you'll be able to find the link to my YouTube channel. If you head over to my YouTube channel, you will see a whole bunch of videos around mindset, personal development, and how you can become the best version of you possible. Oh, and if you have a spare minute, I would absolutely love if you could subscribe so that I can share my message with the world. Until the next episode, stay awesome, implement what you heard on this episode, and take Take action towards creating your dream life. Bye.